Hello and welcome to Family Church Online. Here in the UK, it has been the, the Jubilee celebrations for the Queen. She gave some of us a few days off. I know many of you still had to work through it, but for some of us, we don't even know what day it is. It's very disorientating. But I'm happy to tell you it is Sunday. It is the Lord's Day and we have gathered together for the next hour to get around his word and to get some time in praise and worship. As always, we'll be praying for people later on in the service and you can let me know if you want me to pray for you. You can drop comments in the if you're in the Facebook chat or the YouTube chat, but the best way to get those to me is to email onlinechurch at family.church. So without any further faffing from me, we are going to now spend some time in praise and worship. So get ready, let's do that now. It's your name. The mountains shake and crumble. At your name, the oceans roll and tumble. At your name, angels will bow, the earth will rejoice, your people cry out. Lord of all the earth will shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Shout your 
continues troubles, but until that day comes, still I will praise you, still I will praise you. every Sunday we're going to give you an opportunity to bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord this morning. Um, I want to read a verse to you from Leviticus uh, 27 verse 30 where it says one tenth of the produce of the land whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord and must be set apart as holy for him. And it's, the book of Leviticus is often discounted. It's a book of the law but actually there aren't many things in here that you would challenge right now and say it was the law. But if, like me, you have just been paid, it's the first Sunday of the month, I just want you to bear that in mind, that actually one-tenth of the produce of the land, now not many of us are getting produce from the land or fruit from the trees, but we are getting fruit into our lives, we are getting paid into our lives, and one-tenth of that belongs to the Lord and must be set apart for him as holy. One-tenth of that must be set apart. And so we always, Mark and I, we always set apart one-tenth from the very top-level income. So before it gets taxed the, taxed, the income that comes into our lives, we take one-tenth of that, set it apart as holy, and give it to the Lord. And so thankfully, with the online church and modern technology, we can do that through online banking. We can do it via the website. So we're going to give you an opportunity to do that today, to set apart one-tenth. But don't do it as if you're paying a bill. Set it apart as holy for the Lord. It's all about the heart attitude. You know, you can go through your online banking and pay things with a click of a button now, but this isn't online banking. This is setting apart a tenth of what the Lord has brought into your life as holy. And so do that as an act of worship this morning. And you can do that online. You can do it via bank transfer. You can do it via the website, whichever you prefer. And if you get really stuck, get in touch with me and we'll see if we can work out how you do that. So while you're doing your tithes and offerings this morning, we're going to play a video for you. Now, last Sunday was Global Sunday in Family Church. Now, our church is quite global. We celebrated in our congregations the diversity that we have of people that come from all over the nations. An online church is the absolute best representation of that. I know this morning we had a chat with Mike and Laurie on the Zoom call. If you were a part of that, it's five o'clock in the morning, but they're up and they're ready to worship with us today. And I know that many of you are watching from all over the world. So drop me a little comment right now and let me know where you're watching from.
So we wanted to celebrate that in Family Church. And like I said, all the um, congregations celebrated the diversity that they have in their congregations. And people came dressed in their custom traditional dress. They bought um, food. Apparently it was amazing. Um, but also they put together a video so that we could see what Family Church are doing globally, because we do consider ourselves to be a global church. And so we have many people that we've sent out from Family Church to all over the world. And so Ray has put together this video for you to watch so you can get an update on some of the things that we're doing around the world. So get comfortable, sit back and just enjoy what you as part of Family Church are able to do with your reach globally through sending people out through the online church. The impact is incredible. So we'll watch that now. Hi, Family Church. This is David and Fiona Kilo coming to you from Namib, Angola. As you can see, we are standing on the property that we bought at the beginning of this year and work is moving quickly. Walls are coming up, equipment and materials are arriving to this site. We're really excited about all that God's doing and look forward to hosting teams, discipleship training sessions and more here on this property in the future. This has been a really fun year for us so far. We've had an abundance of opportunities within our discipleship goals. Here in town amongst believers who want to know better how to fulfill the Great Commission in their own country, but also with our rural disciples mm -hmm. from the Kovali tribe and the Himba tribe. One vision that's been launched this year, not by us, but by our Angolan Kovali colleague, Kancha Piva is an incredible project and vision to translate for the very first time ever the Bible into the language of Olukuvali, which is the language spoken by the Kuvali people. It is an unwritten language and up until recent years, this tribe have had almost zero access to the gospel because of the language barrier and because of their very remote locations that they live in. So pray with us as we move forward this year, as we build out on this property, expecting God to do great things here, expecting God to do great things amongst our disciples and all of the things that are going on. We love you, Family Church. We bless you and we hope that some of you will come join us here. See you next time. Hi, uh, we're the Buckle family. We live in Ecuador, Quito, Ecuador. I'm David. I'm Hannah. I'm Benjamin. I'm Faith. And Shannon and Jonah who are here. We're pastors of a church. We've been pastoring for about eight years. Our church, about 150 people. And they haven't experienced revival and we're really longing for the supernatural ministry to break out amongst us. Uh, our kind of main roles are kind of typical church leadership roles. So we're, we're raising up a leadership team. We're involved in day-to-day -day discipleship, evangelism. We've got a, like a compassion ministry where we're giving food, we're giving second-hand clothes to people in need. Yeah, I guess one of the projects for the near future is looking to construct a church building. The plan's in place and we're waiting for permission. Well, one of the ideas that Family Church had was to send a team out here and think that would be really brilliant. So. If anyone's listening and they feel that kind of desire to come and visit and support our ministry, learn what we're doing and, and serve here, that would be really wonderful. So if you want to learn Spanish, get going. <laughs> I would love to have you. So we just want to thank you for your support and your prayers and your love. We've just recorded a few videos that, that I hope you'll enjoy, show, show you what we've been up to 
We had baptisms today, so that was really cool, and, and some other things that we did. Let's love. Bye. Bye. God bless you guys. <laughs> We work in Zambia, Africa, Overland's largest international missions base there, Bradford 14. We have the privilege of assisting all the departments Hi. in Overland missions, whether it be helping out um, the expeditions teams, training up our future missionaries, um, doing construction and maintenance at our missions base, um, and get to go out to some of the outlying bases and help get some of them established. Yeah. And his daddy had to do a lot of work, so daddy had to give all of the people all of all of their papers so that they know that he's working. Sure, yeah. Okay. Good job. Um, <laughs> Family Church, we are so grateful for you and so grateful for your, for your support and your partnership. We miss you and we are hoping to get back to you guys soon to say hi. Um, but happy Global Sunday and we love you guys. Love you. Can you say bye, Family Church? Bye, Family Church. Bye, Family Church. <laughs> Greetings from uh, Cardiff City uh, Family Church, which is uh, one of the, your 
most beloved place as far as mission is concerned. And we want to thank you and to join with you this uh, great and wonderful celebration. And it has been my prayer that uh, God may use you mightily, globally, that uh, the, the expansion of His kingdom will be become great upon your ministry. God bless you. I'm Pastor Ben Bolton uh, from Cardiff City uh, Family Church. Hi everyone. Things have been very interesting for us as missionaries during this pandemic. In 2020, we were due to pioneer a new campus in Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea. This unfortunately wasn't able to happen and we had to delay um, until 2021. We were able to take a team and start this new project. As you can see from the photos, as we arrived, it was um, not livable. So we spent a few months just really trying to get some accommodation for our staff. We moved in halfway through the construction of it because we had rooms and we had running water and the rest of it we have been doing while we've been living on site. Um, it's been a great opportunity to see God move and provide for us in miraculous ways and also just keeping us in good health during this pandemic and COVID and navigating what missions looks like during this season. Uh, we have been able to continue to run our discipleship training schools which I have been leading. Last year we had a school of 30. This year we, are, we have a school of 24 and I've been doing that remotely since I've been at home and it's just been amazing to see what God is able to do um, with these amazing 24 students as you can see um, from the photos they are currently on outreach we have three teams and um, just seeing the staff rise up and just take leadership and ownership in this way has been such an amazing opportunity to be able to be a part of that as we continue um, we will we had a dental trailer arrive which was donated to us so we'll be able to provide oral health and education for the um, city within the capital and also maybe be able to do that throughout the rest of the country. So we continue to speed on ahead with what God has for us. And um, yeah, it's been a great time and we're very excited for more um, of what God has as we continue to pioneer this campus. See you later. Bye. Hello there. and am Every one of us have our own experiences and stories with regards to COVID-19, global pandemic. We began to have our share on the severity of this pandemic, 15th March of 2020. Chaos were everywhere due to policy misunderstanding, both from the authorities and the public. Those who were working and earning daily basis were forcing themselves to go to work to feed their family, but were hindered to do so. This was very striking because majority of the Filipinos were living this way. And our FC members were of no exception. This moved our hearts and the need of providing them aid and assistance directly to their payments immediately began. We started packing rice and distributed it three days after the lockdown. At first, we gave them rice packs. Then we added some grocery items. Then some more rice. Every other two weeks, to teach our people to budget limited resources. Ray and Sarah Mills have shared a lot when they were still here, second quarter of 2020. This continued until 2021 December when we distributed lots of runner packages to our members and uh, jellied meals to our community less fortunate. We only had a few gatherings in those two long years, which lasted January of this year. Today, we begin to gather again in person, still with restrictions, specifically to those who were unvaccinated and children. We are maximizing all this 
to encourage our people and the people in our community to go back to church and throw out riches and personal visits. We do not know what tomorrow will bring. As we are sad to let you know that we are surviving as a church now, but not without hope because we will survive all this and will be a thriving church in this time. Not by might nor by our power, but by His Spirit working and by His grace abounding. Love to you all, especially to pastors and the and their legend family. Hey family church, it's Timmy and Lynn. Hey. We love you guys so much and uh, we just got married two weeks ago Woo. and we're so excited about it. But we have been asked to share a video with you guys about what we do, what God's doing on the earth and the parts of the earth that we go to. We work for Circuit Riders. We're full-time missionaries based in Huntington Beach, California. And what we do is we gather young people, mm -hmm. we preach the gospel, we train them in the ways of Jesus, we train them in the Bible, we train them in active Christianity and that's what we do full-time whether it's here in the states or in Europe that has different expressions mm -hmm. some some of those look like tour yeah. which Timmy can tell you more about what, what we've been doing and what yeah. that's looked like yeah it's in the context of like a missional community and it's all centered around Jesus and Bible teaching and we just go after uh, gathering and training this year in the beginning of the year we were in Europe for two months and we went to six nations in uh, Western Europe and in the UK. We had so much fun preaching the gospel to have an opportunity to respond to Jesus and to be trained in the gospel. And so that was super fun to have done that together. We saw so many people encountered by Jesus, uh, moved and uh, challenged. And it's all just so based in like us knowing that God has something for this generation. And we've seen it with our eyes. We've seen young people come to know Jesus encountering his presence we've seen people healed we've seen faith stirred in people's hearts as we've gone around and just simply believe that god wants to do something in our generation and that the the world's storyline for this generation yeah. of of young people isn't true that god has a greater storyline and really with our lives as missionaries we're bringing God's storyline into action by saying lord just use me in any way lord i'll go I'll gather, I'll preach. My words my yeah. words might be not perfect. I might stumble over them. I might be tired. I might have planned too many gatherings this week, but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do something. And so we're gonna be doing some training and summer schools with young people actually this summer, which we're excited about. And mm -hmm. We're excited. We love glorifying Jesus. Love being with you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, we love you, Family Church. Bye. <laughs>
just amazing. I hope you were as encouraged as I was watching that. So many friends and family there that I'm so proud of that they've gone out and they've spread the word and they have touched people's lives. And you know the online church, we are, like I said, we are global. I'm just having a look on the chat now. We've got people watching from the States. We've got Carmelita watching. There's, everybody's watching from all over the world. And if you really want to know the impact of that, you really need to get on the Connect call on a Thursday evening and chat to everybody on the online church who are family, we are friends, and we are all over the globe. It happens at different times of the day throughout the world, but we all meet together for a couple of hours and encourage each other and feel like we are part of something. We are part of a family. We are part of a really great friendship group. And so I loved that video because to me, it just showed where, where we are, where you are. So I hope that you felt part of that, part of this congregation that is blessing the world. We're now going to hand over to Pastor Andy for the message today, so make sure you've got your Bibles and notebooks ready and are ready to be challenged. Thanks for joining me today. Listen, I want to take a moment today to encourage your hearts regarding something that the Bible calls the Great Commission. Now, the Great Commission is an invitation from Jesus to his followers, you and me, to be busy doing the work of an evangelist. What do we mean by doing the work of an evangelist? Letting others know about the love of God and what God did because of his love for them through Jesus Christ on a cross 2,000 years ago to save them. Now, when we speak about the Great Commission, we often turn to the verses that we find in Matthew 28, verse 19, where it says to us that we should be going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. Other verses that we refer to when we speak of this thing called the Great Commission are found in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, where it simply says to us, the followers of Jesus, that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures, to every person, to everyone that we meet. Now, the first thing we need to understand about this Great Commission is it's something that Jesus didn't just say to church leaders, to the pastor or to the person in the church that calls themselves an evangelist. Rather, he said it to everyone who was a follower of him. That's you and me, not just to those who were with him 2,000 years ago, but to us who follow him now in the 21st century. He says that we're to be busy commissioning with him. Another way that I love to put that is I call it the great go mission. That God wants us to have a go in our Christianity concerning others. What is it about go that we don't understand? Is it the G or the O that we don't understand? It's not a big word, is it? Yet there must be a confusion 
in many churches today because we don't see a people whose hearts are set on going. Rather, we often encounter a people whose hearts are set on staying. They just want to be seatedly, seated comfortably. They just want to enjoy meetings and have worship experiences. Now, none of those things are wrong, but I really believe that Jesus wants us as he wanted the early church to have an emphasis on not being a stay people, but also a people who go. Now, I love these verses. It says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to everyone. Now, I understand if you've not been walking with Jesus long, if you're new to Christianity, these verses could seem really, really scary. So we want to take a moment today just to reword this great commission, not take out any of its power or its essence, just make it more digestible for somebody that knows that God wants to use them in the harvest field of their life, but they're apprehensive of how they get started with this thing called a great commission. Now, let's face it, go into all the world. How big does that sound? Does God want you to go to Africa, Asia, Asia Minor, the whole continent of Europe? When God says to you through these passages in Mark 16, go into all the world, is he speaking about you leaving your home, wherever your home may be today, and traveling to the four corners of the earth to let people know about the love of God and how God has saved them through what he did in his only beloved son, Jesus. Well, actually, it's not that he doesn't want you to go to the four corners of the world, but he wants you to concentrate firstly on what I call going into your world or owning your world. You see, we could look at the world as the globe, the earth, with all of the different continents that make it what it is. But we could also look at the world as being the world that's unique to us that world that's bespoke to you, because we all have a world that's unique and bespoke to us, don't we? Think about it. Your friends, your neighbours, the people that you meet at the school gate, the people that go to your gym, even though we all live in this big old world together, we all have a world that's unique to us, made up, like I said, of neighbours, friends, families, and your world may cross into my world at different points, like the Olympic rings, they probably meet because we have certain people in common, yet the truth is you own a unique world and God wants you to own it for him. So when we read in the Bible that Jesus says to you and to me, go into all the world, let's just stop for a moment and forget about Asia and Africa and Europe and focus on the simplicity of the unique world that he's given to each of us. God wants you to own that world and reach that world for him. Now, there's another example of this that we read about in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8. And these are these incredible verses where Jesus speaks of the promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit to empower us to be witnesses. But listen to what it says. It says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem 
Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus mentions three spheres of influence. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon your life and he will provide you the um, ability or the power to be the witness I've called you to be. God just wants you to provide the availability. He'll provide the ability in his spirit living now in you. But he says that we're to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, wait a moment. Is Jesus telling you, like me, I'm living in England. Is he telling me to get on a plane and start my evangelism lifestyle in Jerusalem, in the ancient country of Israel? Or is there another meaning to what he's saying? I believe that there's another meaning. I believe that when Jesus speaks of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, he's speaking of three very specific spheres of influence that every believer has. Let's look at our Jerusalem. Maybe our Jerusalem is that world, like we've said, that's local to us. It involves our neighbours. The people we meet at the school gate, the people that work in the petrol station that we go to to fill our car, the people that are in our gym, our friends, our family. That's our Jerusalem, the world that's bespoke to us. I believe that when Jesus is saying first Jerusalem, he's saying to us that maybe don't live in Israel identify your Jerusalem. Get a big circle on a bit of paper and write the names of people in that circle that you're pretty sure if they were to die today, they wouldn't go to a heaven with God, but they'd go to a hell separated from God. And that's not acceptable or good enough. You see, the names that you put in that circle on that bit of paper will represent your Jerusalem. You've just identified your Jerusalem, the place that God wants you to own and reach for him. But then when we speak of Judea, Samaria, maybe that's the next field, further afield, maybe England, other parts in the country that God wants you to use, God wants to use your life to reach others. And then obviously when it speaks of the ends of the earth, he's speaking of places further, further afield. Now it's not that God doesn't want you to use you in Africa or Asia or across Europe. I'm not saying that. It's not that God doesn't want to use you to reach others to him in the United Kingdom, the four corners of the United Kingdom. But what I want to focus on today is making it less scary and say, maybe God's not saying to you today, when you read the Great Commission, right, pack up everything and go to the ends of the earth. Maybe he's saying, identify your Jerusalem, begin to locate the people, the unique people, the bespoke relationships that you have that make up what Jerusalem is in your life, and then set your heart on reaching those people for him. Now, we need to understand that if we all did this, man, would we have an impact on the earth today? If all of us were busy reaching the people in our Jerusalem for Jesus... If everyone was busy focusing on the people that make up their unique bespoke world, then together at the same moment, we would be reaching the world. You see, what we need today in the modern church is a shift in our understanding of evangelism. 
For many of us, when we speak about evangelism, we think about a stage, a guest speaker, a moment or a meeting that takes place in a building, maybe on a Sunday. Oh, we had a, an evangelism meeting or a, an evangelistic meeting. What if the method that we've known for reaching the world, even though it's good, isn't good enough and we now need to see a shift or a rethink in our philosophy of what effective evangelism looks like? What would happen if we didn't just see evangelism on our stages, but we also mobilized every believer every follower of Jesus to take responsibility for seeing other people saved and coming into the kingdom of God. Well, what would happen would be simple. Evangelism would no longer be locked in buildings or incarcerated in meetings. It would become viral and widespread and unstoppable on the earth. Suddenly, schools would be hearing about Jesus. Colleges would be hearing about Jesus. Workplaces would be hearing about Jesus. As a people that were once comfortably seated are suddenly now powerfully mobilized. Not that we don't come to church on Sundays. I fully believe in the gathering of the saints. But we should come to church on Sunday to be equipped by the ministry to be effective for Jesus in the world and the lives we live outside the doors of the church. You see, evangelism, like I said at the start, doesn't belong or isn't the responsibility of a select few. It doesn't belong to the pastor or church leadership. Rather, when Jesus spoke what we know as the Great Commission, he was speaking to every believer, every follower, every person that had been saved through what he did. I believe that we're in a moment where God wants us to experience a shift from evangelism done on stages alone to what I term lifestyle evangelism. You see, the book of Ephesians teaches us that God gave certain gifts to the church. He gave apostles and, and prophets and pastors and teachers and, and, and evangelists to the church. But we need to understand that those gifts that we sometimes call ascension gifts were given to the church not to do the work, but to train the people of God to do God's business on the earth. What's God's business on the earth? Well, we know that that's destroying the work of the evil one. It says of Jesus, for this purpose, Christ was revealed to destroy the work of the evil one. How do we destroy the work of the evil one? We suddenly stand up from a seated position. We fling open the doors of our church with hearts that want God to use us to reach others. Now, I know when you read the Great Commission, it can seem so scary. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. But what if we begin to reword what Jesus was asking us? What if we begin to see that Jesus was simply saying, freely you've received, 
now freely go and take the gift of salvation or the invitation of salvation into the lives of others. Imagine what it could look like if evangelism, as we've known it, moved from something that happened in moments on stages in buildings to something that happened every moment of the day in a million different settings. People feeling confident to share what Jesus has done in their life to others and to give others the opportunity to receive him as Lord and Saviour too. Imagine what could happen. Well, actually, you don't need to imagine very hard. You just need to open the book of Acts. Because in the book of Acts, you don't see a church leadership doing everything. You don't see a few selected people doing certain things that are called ministry things. Rather, you see a culture living in the lives of a people who knew what God had done for them. Now, living for God, not just in their gatherings or in their meetings, but also in the scatterings also. You see, the people realized that the church was not a building. We have buildings, but the church is not a building. The church is not a meeting. We have meetings, but the church is not a meeting. The church is a community of people that have meetings, that meet in buildings, but we're a community of people saved by Jesus, saved from lives that we once knew that were so wrong, so destroyed, going nowhere, brought from separation now to be a kingdom people that belong to God, but also called to be a commissioned people. I'm so excited that right now God is moving on the face of the earth. There's a fresh move, I believe, of the Holy Spirit. But what's the Holy Spirit doing in this moment we find ourselves? I don't believe that the Holy Spirit is just filling our meetings and making us feel good about who we are, but rather he's mobilizing. He's awakening the hearts of the followers of Jesus to be people that walk in intimacy with him, but also a people who have commissioned their lives to be ambassadors for him also. I love the verses that we read about in Corinthians when it says that we are God's ambassadors carrying a message of reconciliation to those who at this moment are unreconciled. This message of reconciliation simply saying God has done everything for you to be reconciled to him. So why don't you Come on in. I'm opening the door for you. Come on in to a walk and a relationship with God that will change your life. Listen, these are important moments that we're living in. When we see everything around us that was once certain becoming uncertain. Suddenly when we see people really battling with fears and anxiety concerning the future. This is the moment for us to arise from being comfortably seated saints. To being people that say, I love being a part of my church on Sunday. My midweek group on Wednesday. But also now I I want to be a soul winner. I want to be somebody that's committed to lifestyle evangelism. I want God to use my life to reach other people so that they can experience the salvation that he's made available 
also. So let me challenge your hearts today. The Great Commission isn't a commission to a few people called church leaders. It's actually something that Jesus has asked of us all. Jesus isn't asking you at this point to get on a plane and go somewhere that's the other side of the world. He's getting you to look with fresh eyes at the local world he's already given you. What friends and family, people you meet at the school gates, are you pretty sure don't have a relationship with God? Then begin to allow the Holy Spirit that's in you to provide the ability you need to begin to get into conversation with those people so that you can begin to explain to them how God wonderfully saves all that turn to him. Like I said, not that God won't use you further afield in what would be your Judea, Samaria, or even the ends of the earth. But I believe for us all, it always starts with our Jerusalem. Come on, there's a shift happening in God's kingdom. We're moving from comfortably seated and entertained to mobilized and sent. Let's find in our hearts a true response to this commission that Jesus still gives us today. That true response simply being, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I want you to train my life, Lord, so that I can be the best soul winner that I can be. Yes, Lord, I'll move out from behind the boulders of excuse and fear because I understand that heaven and hell are real. God, I understand that it's not your will that anyone perishes, but your desire is for all to be saved. Lord, you're looking for a messenger today to carry the message of your saving good news into the lives of others. Then, Lord, like the prophet of old, I stand before you today. Lord, you know my abilities, you know my gifts, you know my fears, you know my failings. I bring them all before you today and I say, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use my life in the Jerusalem that you've given me to reach for you. Thank you, Father, that you will use my life to bring your saving good news into the lives of others. Father, I pray boldness upon every person that's watching. I pray a stirring in the hearts of your people. But Father, you would truly move each and every person that's watching from a position or a posture of comfortably seated to having an inner irritation. Father, a stirring within them to be somebody that's in the harvest field, reaching others for you. I pray that you do this, Father, that your kingdom can grow, a kingdom to which there is no end. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you feeling challenged this morning? It definitely is a message that you really need to take some time over. Don't just get up, walk away, make yourself some lunch. Have a think about how this is going to apply to your life.
I know that through the Connect Group, we've had, we've really seen God move in our workplaces. There were things that we've prayed for with each other that God has really stepped in. And I've just seen a comment on the Facebook there about how, you know, we need to be praying for our families. Don't write them off as people that you know are never going to hear the Lord. But actually, we need to be praying for them. And in Connect Group, we're praying for each other's families. We're praying for each other's workplaces. We're praying for each other's friends. It's so important. God has placed you exactly where you are for a reason and he will move you to exactly where he wants you to be where you can just reach people for him and share the love it's really interesting when you start to see the world this way how your work concessions change and how you start to see opportunities and how it just so easily flows in when you've got the confidence and the boldness of actually who cares (laughs) who cares what people think of me and usually with your workplace or your friendship group people know you they know you're not a widow And so you can get these things into conversation because they know you and they respect you. And actually, I find people respect you even more when you're honest with them about your faith and how you do what you do because you love the Lord and how you do what you do because you prayed about it and the strength that you get from the Bible and all of these things that are so normal to you. You can word them in a really normal way and then they become normal to other people as well. And they start to see you as a whole person and they respect that and they'll allow you to tell them and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. It is simply that easy. So I hope that you've taken lots of notes today and you have written down who your Jerusalem are, who are those people that you want to be praying for. And as always, I'm going to encourage you to jump onto the Connect Group on Thursday. Um, There is a link to register. I'm going to post it in the comments right now um, because we want to be praying with you and knowing about your family and your Jerusalem, who are the people that you're bumping into every day that we can stand with you and pray for and see results really quickly because that is what Connect Group is about. I hope you have a really great week, church, and we'll be broadcasting again next Sunday morning at 10.30.